Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hi guys, welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast, the podcast about horror movies and breaking them down and seeing them from the eyes of someone who doesn't always like them and someone who loves them a whole lot. That's me! Yay! My name is Cindy. Uh, I'm Josh, and this is September. September. Welcome to September. I believe it is canon that uh, on this podcast and in life, when in the war between pumpkin spice and apple and spice, I fall under the apple and spice hard. I'm not a pumpkin spice fan. I enjoy both. I'll enjoy like real pumpkin pie and pumpkin like soup and flavored food, but not like. I don't like the scent. I don't like, like the tea, the latte, the flavor, that sort um, of a thing. I am apparently basic as fuck and will enjoy both of them. Can confirm. Till the end of time. So, this is September. I'm just going to go out and start talking mm. about what September has brought to our door. What have we, uh, what's happening here? So, it's 2020. It's the shit show uh, awful of this century. Uh, COVID. Everything is yeah. terrible. Donald uh, Trump. Back, I am back in school getting my master's, as are you. I, yeah, am I am all the stressed out. We are. So I thought that would be the best time. Ever. <laughs> to do what, darling? To do those time travel films. Time travel films. To okay. go back to a time. So we're doing Corona didn't exist, <laughs> and neither did last my, year. Uh, college frustration woes. Okay, so these what are, does that mean? These this is a month of horror movies that are that, that feature time travel as a major plot device. Okay, so here we are, time, time travel September, like Back to the Future, but with scary elements. Okay, and I'm going to tell you right now, listener. One of the movies this month is not going to be so... Actually, probably two of them are right. going to be kind of horror slash horror adjacent. One is definitely horror adjacent. And people might be like, there's no horror. Uh-huh. So, I was just getting ready to say. Here's the deal. Kiss my ass. Start your own podcast. <laughs> do whatever you want. This is my world. Welcome to it. That being said, okay. today is. we're here to talk about 1984's The Terminator. The Terminator. No, I. That's correct, gentle listeners. I've never seen Terminator. When Josh and I first met, I'd never seen Robocop. Um, I had never seen. Okay. I never seen Die Hard all the way through. I had never seen. I mean, I, I don't really. Uh, those aren't my movies. So, no, I've never seen Terminator. Never, ever, ever. I'm excited. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I can have hear seen the smile in your voice hundreds of times. And I have a bunch of assignments due for college this month. So, so you want to watch this happy is going to be movies. like a a month of comfort. There's for only going to be one movie this month that doesn't meet the Josh Sapp comfort meter. Is Terminator a considered a horror movie? I thought it was an action uh, movie. This is definitely a horror movie. I know there are some people who be like, "Well, you technically just like it is." Very much based on the slasher model. All right. Well, we'll find out if it follows the Arkov uh, formula at the end. Yep. 
Uh, okay. Terminator is I know. one hour and 47 minutes long. Here's what I know about Terminator before you start. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Linda Hamilton. <laughs> you like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's all neat. Linda said. Hamilton. Right? Mm-hmm. That kid. Whose name I don't recall. And that's a shame. But, yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. You that's already, all I've got. You already messed up. I've already messed up. Um, this yeah. isn't that movie. So, The Terminator was... <laughs> I like that it's called The Terminator. Yeah, it was released Terminator. October 26th of 1984. It is rated R and one hour and 47 minutes long. Four years old. I told I was. Two. Deuce, deuce. Deuce. Um, okay, so as we all know, Terminator is directed by James, James Cameron, Cameron, who has appeared on this podcast before and probably will again. He is known as the... Guy who marries all his leading ladies. Well, sure. That, and also the king of the B-movie, because every film he's made has just been a gigantic (laughs) B-movie. Yeah. So, the director of Aliens, The Abyss, which he was on here before for The Abyss. The Abyss was really nice. True Lies, Avatar, or as Arnold Schwarzenegger calls it, Abadar. Abadar. uh, And Titanic. We mentioned Titanic. Back in the Lady in White episode when the mm-hmm. DP of oh, Lady yeah. in White shot Titanic. Yep. It is uh, written by Cameron and then, uh, I believe, first wife, Gail Ann Hurd, who was a producer of the film, who went on to produce Aliens, Armageddon, Tremors, and The Walking Dead. Dang. Yep. And additional, <laughs> additional dialogue by William Wisher, who would co-write Terminator 2 and write the terrible... Terrible Judge Dredd movie starring Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Um, cast. Cast. So. I, I think I just told you everyone you need yeah. to know. Who's in this Arnold movie? Schwarzenegger, so Linda Hamilton, and that boy whose name I don't remember, and okay. that's a shame. Um, you've got two of the three. Boom. So, this movie does start. <laughs> this movie does star Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. The Terminator. You know him from Conan, from Predator, Conan. from Kindergarten Cop. This is his signature role. From his Instagram. This is the movie that people more than likely think of. The role. This isn't the, the movie. Okay, but the This role. is the role people think of when they think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Pro- yeah, yep. uh, that's probably fair. Then Linda Hamilton. Okay. Who would become, I believe, uh, James Cameron wife number two. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. That is, that, yes. She plays Sarah Connor. You know her from Children of the Corn, from various Terminator things. <laughs> um, I Special shout out to my mom. Linda Hamilton is in one of my mom's favorite Christmas movies that she watches every year. One a of those little, Hallmark ones? A little Hallmark, Hallmark movie called A Home for Christmas, where Linda Hamilton's wife divorces her and she ends up homeless. And then she her daughter's coming in from college for Christmas. So she has like four months to get on her feet and get a home so she can have her daughter come home from college and spend Christmas with her. And my mom watches it every Aww. single Christmas. Aww. It's like my mom's go-to. It's my mom's diehard. Linda um, Hamilton's identical twin sister uh, is a nurse in one of the local hospitals where I grew up. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Michael Bean is in this movie. Now we're into cast of this movie I've met territory. I feel like somewhere Kristen's saying I should know who Michael Bean uh, is. 100% because she had a Matt Crush on That's her. it. <laughs> How do I know that about your best friend that you don't? 
No, I did know that because when we when we all met and sat down, we we discussed it at length. Uh, he plays Kyle Reese. Mm-hmm. He's also in Aliens, in Tombstone. He was in The Abyss. Okay. He was the lieutenant who lost his mind mm-hmm. and start tried to start a war with the underwater aliens. Yes, I do know who you are talking yep. about. Uh, rounding out the cast that I will mention, there's a lot of people that are going to pop up as surprise cameos in this. But you're that I don't want to ruin. Surpri- okay. I don't want to ruin them because okay. it's really fucking fun. Okay. Um, Paul Winfield plays Traxler. You would know him from Cliffhanger, from Mars Attacks, from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. He's like um, a, a face I think on the, the police lieutenant. I think he's a lieutenant. But okay. the guy underneath him, you definitely <laughs> recognize <laughs> because it's Lance Hendrickson. Ooh. All star Cameron regular Lance Hendrickson. Okay. Who plays Vukovic. Vukovic? Yeah. Uh, you know him from Aliens. You know him from Near Dark. Correct. You specifically know him from Pumpkinhead. Yes, I do. Uh, he, good he's, movie. Just a damn good movie. Yeah. Lance Henderson, just a damn good human. So, just going to pause and tell everyone a quick story about, about Lance how Hen- adorable Lance Henderson is in okay, real life. Okay, go. So, I one day, I, well, a couple years ago, I was in Horror Hound in Indianapolis. And I went down to the floor early before the celebrities got there or whatever. And I was walking around the, the giant section of vendors who create, like, masks. Like, yeah. all the masks from different movies and stuff that you can buy. Yeah. And I'm like, That's looking at the these, fun, like, man. crazy, intricate masks um, from movies that I love. And I just hear a voice to my left go, Marvelous. And I turn, and it's Lance Hendrickson looking at some dude's art, and he's just complimenting it. But it's like being having compliments come out of an old gravel road. Like His he's voice just is like, so like he's like, "This is fantastic. You're a wonderful artist." And I'm like, "You're adorable, but your voice is insane." And I love you so much. He's a really, really nice guy. You're just checking out. Yeah. And- Nice, appreciating the fans. Yeah, yeah, he's he does that. He is he likes to get to know people. He's he's a really good dude. He smokes like a fucking apparently train, with that kind of yeah. a voice. Um, so we mentioned it briefly. Nineteen eighty four. I was a whole two years old. I was four. So we Let's don't see. remember what was happening. I know it was Reagan. I was shitting my pants a lot. I don't know. I probably still was. Probably. You still shit your pants all the time when you're two? I probably did. I I probably did. I was a nightmare child. So was I. Um. (laughs) We are one and the same, baby. So let's talk about 1984 for a second. The year that uh, Orwell predicted. Spoiler. Oh, yeah. That was 2020. Uh, so the Pierce Raiders going by beat, the Gregorian calendar. Yeah, the Raiders beat Washington, which I will not say their team name, to win Super Bowl seventeen. That's a thing. That's the Super Bowl. Speaking of which, that that Apple computer um, commercial that is nineteen eighty four themed aired. Was that year? Yeah, it was nineteen eighty four the nineteen eighty four Super Bowl, mm-hmm. where you know the, the, the rundown torch. and then yep. throw the hammer into the TV and then like. Find out why 1984 won't be like 1984. That commercial? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. Young people, look young, it up. It's youngins. Awesome. The Winter Olympics were held in Sarajevo, mm-hmm. Yugoslavia, when that was a country. Yeah, um, it's not even a country anymore. Yeah, right. The United States announces the discovery of the AIDS virus. <laughs> they announced the it. The president wouldn't announce it or talk about it. Yeah. But, you know, scientists did. 
Bruce Springsteen releases Born in the USA. The the soundtrack of my life. The soundtrack of the 80s. Uh, That's the year that Ghostbusters and Gremlins comes out. Yes. Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and Terminator. I do not have memory before Ghostbusters. Holy shit. 1984. Uh, It was a good year. Uh, Metallica releases Ride the Lightning. Happy Days is canceled. (laughs) Nice. I think those two are linked somehow. Yeah, somehow. Uh, The Detroit Tigers beat the San Diego Padres to win the World Series. Ronald Reagan's reelected because no justice, no peace. Because corporations (laughs) run America and always have. Uh, Sorry, guys. Band-Aid was organized by Bob Geldof. Oh, yeah. That was the thing, yeah. I was thinking of the Johnson & Johnson product. And what would be... What would 1984 be without the beginning of the crack epidemic? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of Marion Barry. Sweet, sweet crack cocaine. Uh, People that were born in 1984, are you ready? So, Daily Show host Trevor Noah Mm. was born in 1984. Um, I'm so old. All around dickbag Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, was born in 1984. Aubrey Plaza. Yay. Prince Harry. Mm-hmm. Jenna Malone. Yay. Yay. I love Jenna Malone. Low-key, one of my favorite actresses. Hmm. And Big Baby Bron Bron. LeBron James was born in 1984. <laughs> Big Baby Bron Bron. <laughs> um, yeah. People that died. Who? Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Shot by his 84. father. Richard Burton. Truman Capote. And director of The Wild Bunch, Sam Peckinpah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the new words of 1984, to let you know where we were as people, are cardio mm-hmm. and repurpose. Repurpose. So we were running a lot, and we were all broke, so we were having to take old shit and then <laughs> new shit. Repurpose. Thanks, Reagan. Yay. All right. So, uh... Are we, I didn't bother doing a poster. I mean, it's Terminator. I've seen the poster. I know, like, the look of it. It's pretty iconic, isn't it? Okay, well, let's go through the motions. Look at, this, look at that poster. It's the... Yeah. It's Schwarzenegger across the top. You can see Schwarzenegger easier than you can see Terminator. It's his face with his gun. You want me to read and what a parag- it Yes, read me the paragraph of text on your phone. That, you think that's bad? The One of the original posters for Taxi Driver was the fucking review for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? Superimposed over Travis Bickle. So it says, in the year of darkness, 2029. They got that wrong. It's mm-hmm. actually 2020. 2020, that's correct. The rulers of this planet devised the ultimate plan. They would reshape the future by changing the past. The plan required something that felt no pity, no pain, no fear. Something unstoppable. They created the Terminator. (laughs) Okay. Uh, A machine that goes into the past to uh, make it so that certain events don't happen. That's what I predict happen. So, all right, what was your prediction again? Uh, A robot goes back in time. To prevent certain life events from happening. Do you want to guess what life events? The founding of Facebook. 
Mark. Okay, I like where your head's at. Um, <laughs> uh, just two, well, just a couple quick bits of trivia before we before we watch this movie yeah. to put you in the right which is available mind. literally everywhere. Yeah, um, it's an American classic. You can watch this movie from any point of my childhood. Uh, <laughs> it's just on repeat in the background. Yeah. Um, so James Cameron apparently was couch surfing and sometimes sleeping in his car when he wrote this movie. And so we're going to talk about the crack e- epidemic. <laughs> There's a lot of cocaine involved in that decision, I'm sure. Uh, also, he said that Mad Max, or Mad Max the Road Warrior was a big inspiration for this film. And the last little bit of trivia I want to read, because this shit is insane, is this is, this is why James Cameron's successful. You might think he's a dickbag, and he's mm. unethical, mm. and he's a shitty dude mm. but th- this the giant block of text I'm about to read you uh, is on the poster explain to you okay what kind of work ethic the man has so according to this, this the beginning of production was postponed for nine months due to Schwarzenegger's commitment to Conan the Destroyer James Cameron wanted to be working on something but didn't have the time to do a whole other movie in that time so he had a talk with the producers of 20th Century Fox who liked his screenplay for The Terminator, and they gave him a writing assignment, which turned out to be Aliens, which he also got to direct. Oh. But after they were like, he wrote it, and they're like, this is really good. And he's like, I want to direct it. And they were like, mm, after Terminator, and we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, if, so if Terminator hadn't been a hit, he wouldn't have gotten to direct Aliens, and his career would never probably would have went anywhere. Uh, on the same day, he was also asked to write a script called... Rambo First Blood Part 2. <laughs> Man, it's like That's James Cameron your favorite. built my childhood almost. Almost. Uh, him and him and Spielberg and uh, Carpenter. <laughs> so while handling these two assignments, he also did additional work on the Terminator screenplay, writing each script at night at a different desk with a different typewriter. What? Yeah. That's so ridiculous and pretentious. He calculated how many pages he had to write each night by dividing the total number of pages by the number of waking hours per night. He then would accomplish this by drinking lots of coffee and he and would write a lot of cocaine. He would sit down and go, Okay, I have to write ten pages of Terminator. Boom, 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 boom. All right, now I have to write ten pages of Rambo. Boom, 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 boom. Go over to a new and typewriter. Just... And according to another thing I saw, um, I forget who was saying it. Was it Bill Paxton, maybe? Someone said that he actually... It wasn't three different desks. It was... He had... He basically set up a Lazy Susan. And he would write... And then just spin the Lazy Susan. He he would write until he ran out of, like, steam on something for one. And he would just turn it to the next typewriter. And then he would just write on that until he ran out of steam. So I've heard that, too. Interesting. But... Who knows if that's apocryphal or not? Dude wrote three fucking blockbuster films at the same time. Damn. <laughs> Something to be said. I mean, that's impressive. Alright. Okay, so we're going to watch Terminator, available on all platforms. Probably have it on VHS tape somewhere. Probably in your mom's basement, because everybody had this movie. Uh, and we'll be back, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. Mind the doors. Ba-bum, bum, ba-bum. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, 
and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose, to return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th, May, Thursday. What year? Assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why does it want me? Why me? Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Your future is in its hands. Josh has a lot to say about this movie. I do. I it's already know. starts by me saying, I love it. <laughs> I love uh, the main character's hair. That was uh, the feathered side. I forgot about that. Which, uh, Linda Hamilton? Yeah, Linda, ha- Linda Hamilton. Yes. The feathered bangs in like the side where it's not really a mullet, but it's kind of a mullet. Oh, spoiler yeah. alert. She goes from like fun feather hair Barbie to militant crazy Barbie. Like Laura in Croft. Terminator 2. This movie. This was, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of stuff that I was excited. Like, oh, this is really cool. Like iconic stuff that I can finally kind of place. And, but I think I can see the forest because I'm not looking at the trees how many, and how cheesy this movie is. Uh, this movie's perfect. Um, how many cultural references have you missed over your life because you never saw this movie? No, because I mean, like, I got the gist of it and I've seen enough kind of stuff to put it together. I mean, this movie got referenced, this movie got referenced in the last season of Rick and Morty. Yeah. When the snakes and the robots face <laughs> back in time. Back in time. Morty. I didn't get I did not pick that up pick up on that one. But maybe there's a lot I have then. I'm talking about like the Arnold Schwarzenegger lines and stuff like that. Yeah, this, but this movie set Arnold up to be a mega star. Like he was kind of a star after Conan. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie. Really well, I know did that for T two I know who got top billing. I've, oh, yeah. I've seen those posters. Uh, his name is bigger than the title on the Terminator 2 poster. So, this movie. Okay, <laughs> here's how I remember Terminator. Um, in the future, in the war of humans versus robots, the main leader is so iconic. John Connor. That they have to go back in time to protect him. And... It turns out the man that he sends back in time to protect his mother ends up being his baby daddy, (laughs) ends up being his dad. And it's a big cycle 
very 12, mon- 12 monkeys like that. Um, yes. I, yes. I will say that you're pretty close. A couple of things that I think we should talk mm-hmm. about. Well, before we get into the IMDb synopsis. What do they have to say? I was going to say that the reason they send them back in pl- time in the first place is mm-hmm. the humans won. Like, they smashed Skynet. And its last resort was it sent a Terminator back in time to kill the leader of the human resistance mm-hmm. before he was born. Okay. That was so the that's whole... So then that's why they had to send... Michael Bean back. Not Michael Bean. Yeah, Michael uh, Bean. Yeah. Back to protect. Okay, got it. <laughs> a human soldier is sent from 2029 to 1984 to stop an almost indestructible cyborg killing machine sent from the same year, which has been programmed to execute a young woman whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation. 2029. In nine years, we're going to have so many people dead. That their skulls line the streets. Well, in this future, Trump is reelected. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. That's the difference. Um, so the the you mentioned Michael Bean going back in time mm-hmm. and having sex with Linda Hamilton and creating John Connor and saying the line, "What is it?" Uh, Although we only knew each other a short while, we loved enough for a lifetime. Yeah. What does he say to her? Like you know. I came through time for you, Sarah, because I love you from a picture. Yeah. That's a little That's James a little, Cameron. Um, a little creepy. A little James Cameron. Um, however. However. The time travel that we're seeing in this movie is based on the grandfather paradox. And what does that mean? So, that you create your, you are your own grandfather? Kind of. Originally, the grandfather paradox was the concept of if you could build time travel and go back in time and kill your grandfather... Right? right before your parent was I'm trying born. to think this through then that would eliminate you from the time stream as well so he would never actually die no like so if I got in a time machine and went back yeah no I get it to the 40s and shot my grandfather in the head right he would never have had my dad and my dad then would never have had me so, so that's I why there's never no time existed travel. hence the paradox comes from the fact that if I never existed, I could not have gone back in time to kill to right. kill him to stop it. So it would have just started itself all over again. Exactly. Time travel is crazy, and then I'm you get the to... whole quantum mechanic things of: Do you think, like, when you go back in time, do you go back in in like t- the actual time stream, or according or to a lot of people, back? do you go back in time, but it creates like a, a an off branch? Um, time, yeah, a separate timeline. Yeah, where Al Gore won and things have been good since then. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about. When we talk about time travel. It's fucking super complicated. Yeah, and a movie that's super simple, bee, goofy, fun of like there's a machine that comes back in from the future and that's... it's trying to kill a lady before she has a kid. Like, and, I, but I the liked time it. travel aspect really makes it mind bendy. It. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I left out a huge chunk. Like, I didn't pick up that of when he was sent back from the future. Okay, whatever. Let's like, talk about like the... Like, who created John Connor the first time... Correct. ...if there was no John Connor to send Kyle Reese back? Like... It's just always been happening. So, like a continual loop theoretically, it's happened before, and this is not the first time this has occurred. I mean, it's the first time it's occurred to the characters, but it's not the first time this has occurred in the grand in, scheme of the universe. Right. In the history of time. It's crazy. Time travel is insane. And I've it, gone cross-eyed. It hurts my brain. 
Tell me about the thematic element. So what was the point of this movie? Uh, Is James Cameron just really love his mom? I can sum this movie up into something to me what this movie means that is the most succinct maybe of any hit me thing we've talked about in these movies this movie is about fate versus free will right how much of our future is predetermined and how much control do we actually have okay right so i remember that was a paradox for me as far as religion goes that was the fi- that was the final thing that made me go wait predestination well it's like, like so if he already knows that i'm going to be bad and i'm going to go to hell then what's the point of trying to do good and believe and repent i'm already did det- det- it's destined to happen well that's why you had like your choices it's like okay but he knows what my choice is going to be and that it's a lot it's a lot on the brain yeah like I guess kind of all that kind of metaphysical stuff is, especially for young kids. But So a big part of this movie is how much are we locked into the path we're in? And how, and how can much you can change we alter it, right? Right. Like, I think this movie is very pessimistic in the fact that... This happens in 2029. <laughs> no, no, no. All of the things, if we just look at the Terminator, okay. all of the things Arnold. that they try to stop from happening, they create. Right? So they send Kyle Reese to the past okay. to save Sarah Connor. And he ends up creating Michael Connor. John Connor. John Connor, sorry. Right? right. So, boom. The Terminator goes back so in he, time to kill her. She kills the Terminator, saving her life. And then Cyberdyne gets the pieces of the Terminator. That creates. Which creates. Cyberdyne. All of machines. the. What, what leads to ultimately what happens in the future. So, this oh, so you're saying that this movie is telling us that the machines win in the end. This movie is very... Pe- I think this movie is super pessimistic because not only is it a... Is that a super common fan theory or is that a, something know. like one of your originals? I don't know. Um, I'm, I, we haven't I'm done not, the research. But I do know that this movie, to me... To you, dear. ...seems like a downer because it's the concept of all of the shit that they try... Fails. Like, well, it works in the short term, but in the long term, it creates the problem. Yes. So a Terminator gets sent back. We have to fight it and kill it. Yay, we won for today. But the but fact that we, we even killed it in the first place is right. what leads to everything happening down the road. So do they ever address that kind of stuff in the rest of the movies? Uh, well, there's only two. We don't talk about the other ones because they are hot trash. Oh. Um, the last one was okay. But, man, the Terminator movies... They've gone to... Without James Cameron are not very good. (laughs) Uh, Another thing this movie... They've lost their way. Yeah. Another thing this movie struck me... um, There's a lot of uh, technophobia, which is... That's a fear of advanced technology. Yeah. A Luddite. Isn't that what that's called? Someone who... Like, nah, I'm good as far as technology goes. Yeah. They avoid it. How does this movie end? What's the last shot of this movie? Uh, her getting in the car and driving off, right? So, she's just come from a building. <laughs> Sorry, what? She's just come from a building uh-huh. full of like crazy technology and an assembly line, and she fought a giant robot. And she's like in like a jeep. And she drives towards the mountains in the desert of Mexico where there is no technology. Wouldn't you? But I'm, but I'm saying like that's. The future, the hope, oh, okay. is a place where there is no technology. Running from it. Yeah. Mm. 
Does, and there's a storm approaching, even like the serene calmness I, of I, the I, desert. Okay, I get you. Uh, Are there any other like popular like, theories? It's like fighting a militarized world, right? Yeah. I think in the world that this came out in, in 1984. But, well, just it's why this movie is so pessimistic. It just take out the whole the whole take out Orwell. Well, I'm just saying, like they really embraced that in yeah. in at the time. Take, so you look at this is a movie mm-hmm. that came out in the middle of Reagan in his eight years. Yeah. When we were like closer to war with the Russians than we have been happened. since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Since like um, since the Cold whole war. Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. So the idea of like there's going to be an atomic war and machines are going to take over was really scary. Yeah, because it Half of that was, like, very it, real. Yeah. Like, people were like, oh, we at any moment in time could just slug it out with the Russians. And then what would be left? Well, what we have now. And that is a leader who sucks the cock of the Russian president. Okay. So, <laughs> should we try and apply the Arkov? Or do you have um, um, some more like, ideas about I just wanted to it? say that uh, the thing I like about this movie is... Well, it's a nostalgia for you. Oh, okay. Of Sarah Connor. In, in this, this movie, movie or in the course of the no, movies? in this movie. If you think about Sarah Connor in this movie. Okay. When you first see her, she is driving a scooter, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, dude, dude, just driving my scooter, having a good She's time. a little nerdy girl. Like, she's totally incapable of being a waitress. Like, yeah. She tries to be a waitress and she sucks at it. Like, yep. she can't manage being a waitress and, and handling two tables at once. That's an interesting juxtaposition because I had totally forgot that that's how it started. Yeah. But that was the the cold open is her getting the orders wrong. She's clueless. And she's screwing terrified. the whole thing up and not really caring. She spends almost the entire movie running for her life. And then by the end of the film, the climax. But you went, go through the film knowing yeah. that. When Arnold shows up, she is the one who gets Kyle out of the car when he's hurt. Right. She's the one who, like, ultimately gets them um, into the building. She's the one that fights and kills the Terminator. It's not him. It's her. Like, he helps her. He trains her. He he blows the legs off the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. He has a part. I get it. He's helpful. But, like, she totally goes from being wildly incapable... To terrified young woman to re- like she at the end of the movie you get why John Connor was raised by this woman yeah by the by the end of the movie she is I mean for lack of a better term or phrase she's like the vessel for the future of humanity you she's the person who's going to eventually give and she's birth accepted this fate to the guy who's going to save the world yep she is the Mary. she's the Mary right in this biblical allegory okay. Arkov, action. Yes. Yes, right away. Uh, revolutionary. Was this... Uh, well, yeah, there's not a lot of time travel, create, be your own father's... Well, you know what I mean. Okay, so this movie... What is there? When it came out, it would have been to fans of... Um, like, just science fiction films. This okay. would have been, like, revolutionary. So it would have been... It borders on a lot of work... Uh, that writer Harlan Ellison touched on to the point where he sued Cameron. Okay. Um, for some of the ideas, and that's why there's a credit. For he Harlan gets a writing. Ellison. Oh, so he, get, he gets a special thanks credit, I think, or something like that. If I remember correctly, that's what it's all about. That money. So 
he synthesized a lot of ideas, but I think this is a revolutionary idea. Okay, I'll give it to him. There's uh, so much killing in this. Not as much as you think, but there is a fair amount. Yeah. The, or- the police station scene is the bulk of it. Oratory. Yes. Yeah. You know how many years as a child I quoted the line that that guy outside of Arnold's hotel room is like, well, you got it there, dick cat. And Arnold goes through the list of responses and says, fuck you, asshole. You know how many times I quoted that line to my best friend growing up and we would laugh and giggle and giggle and laugh <laughs> for hours on end just saying that over and over again? Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. Uh, <laughs> and then we have fantasy. I'll be back. Yes. I'll be back. This is definitely a fantastical sort of a movie. Yeah. And, and it's a fucking machine wrapped in human skin. Right. That comes to the past to murder a lady. And then the last F is fornication. Yeah, there's some fucking in and this movie. Yeah, there's some fucking in this movie. Yeah. Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. Get it on. But it was kind of, uh, I guess. I always forget that you see Linda Hamilton's boobs in this movie. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I yeah. think she forgets. I don't know. It's like, weird. Oh, yeah. like, every I time it happens, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a thing. I forgot that happened in this movie. Huh. But they're, they're easily forgettable boobies. Yeah. Not that they're easily forgettable. It's just, I don't know. Like, Linda Hamilton strikes me as, like, such a classy lady from everything else I've seen her in. Yeah. I always forget. I'm like, that's yeah, right. You did. Uh, you did <laughs> there was a time in your career. Uh, yeah, you weren't. Okay. Give me some trivia. Well, I was going to say this totally passes the Arkov. Oh, 100%. This is, this is an Arkov movie. 100% an exploitation movie. For sure. And that's because James Cameron got his start under Roger Corman. And he knew, like, I need to do these things yeah. to keep an audience entertained. Yeah. So, um, you know how he got the idea for this movie? Or so he Apparently says, from reading that book. No, the whole exoskeleton. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He got a lot of the time travel stuff from Ellison, like how time travel would work. But the whole idea of, like, the machine... No, how did he get the idea? So this is technically James Cameron's second movie. What would be the first? Piranha 2, The Spawning. Oh, yeah, we watched that. No, we didn't. We didn't watch? We, well, we watched the original. Yeah, the, the original. The I Jordan. apologize. Go um, ahead. I haven't seen Piranha 2 since, like, I was a child. It is bad. Piranha 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, anyway, but it's James. But it's a James Cameron film. He considers Terminator to be his first film because it's so bad. Well, Piranha Two was a film that he directed. He didn't, and write then it. he was like, "Hey, I will come edit it and do some work on it." And they're like, "No, nah, thanks." Oh, so he didn't. Uh, so they get took it. it back to Rome and just started cutting it and doing whatever they wanted with it. And he was like, "I want to be a part of that decision," and they wouldn't let him. So he bought his own plane ticket. Oh, to Rome and just showed up and was like, "Hey, I'm here to contribute." And they're like, "Hard pass." And he like was trying to get his way into the editing room and like trying oh. to have some control over the movies. So they wouldn't like cut it up, which they did, and that's a whole other story. But when he was there, he was essentially so broke, he would like snag food that was left on people's plates and shit because mm-hmm. he was broke, broke. I mean, we talked about when he wrote this movie, he was sleeping in his car part time. Yes. Um, so it's, he got a really bad fever. He okay. got really, really sick. And he had like From a, eating food, yeah. He had like a massive like fever. Okay. And In Rome. His fever dream. No money to get home. Was he said, you know, he had like 104 degree fever. And the doctor was like, we're not sure if this dude's going to make it. Oh. And he had a vision in his fucking fever dream of like a fire. 
Okay. And then a, like a man made out of metal rising out of the rubble of the fire. Yeah. And then he was the, like, uh, holy shit, I have to make something with this idea. So he created the entire mythos based on around the that dream. vision of a man made out of metal rising out of a... That's why term, the Terminator comes out of that... that The way he does. Yeah, when he's like, the truck explodes and everything, and it, the machine rises up mm-hmm. out of it, and there's like the fire. That's straight out of his dream. Crazy. His, uh, his that's vision random. that he had whenever he was like super sick. Yeah. In Rome. As yeah. a poor director. It's pretty crazy, huh? You got any more trivia for me? Oh, there's so much I, I'm about to say, I'm sure there's a lot, but is there anything that's kind of not... Uh, not mainstream. Uh, for this I, I very can throw some things out to you movie. that I think you'll appreciate. Okay, that'll work. Like I said, there's so much trivia about this movie. We could literally sit here for two hours, and I could just tell you like this happened, and this happened, and this happened. But that's not a good podcast, but, yeah, especially but, people who know this movie the way I do. Schwarzenegger worked with guns every day for a month to prepare for the role. Um, the first like, okay, the first two handling weeks of filming, and... he practiced weapons stripping and reassembly blindfolded. It's so strange because when we think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like oh, he's like the big action guy with all the. But this was kind of was this his first big action type yeah. movie? I mean, he'd done Conan, but there's definitely yeah, no, there's no guns in guns that. in Conan. So, no. but yeah, he spent the first Gotta two weeks somewhere. of filming. He practiced what he practiced stripping the weapons and reassembling them blindfolded until his uh, motions were automatic, like a machine. And he spent hours and hours and hours at the shooting range just firing guns so he could practice to. not blinking when he would fire the gun. Okay. Because most people, when you fire a oh, gun... Oh, yeah, you squint you, down you, you, or... You blink. You mm-hmm. tense it. Like, you, you can't help it. Um, and he also, like, practiced with both hands because he wanted to be ambidextrous. He practiced all these different moves. And so there's a gun nut magazine called Soldier of Fortune. That okay. They used to do a thing. I don't know if they still do it where they would just rag on movies. And they just like, rag on. This guy looks like a fucking idiot with a gun. He doesn't know how it works. Like he's holding it wrong. And but they were like glowing with Arnold. Oh, okay. Like, this is the first like, time. This that... dude looks like he's like shotguns his entire gotcha. life. And Arnold hadn't. Yeah, he grew up post-war with Germany was not a big fan of letting <laughs> people have guns. No, um, it's not letting civilians. Yeah, in Austria. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I think this is. I mean, this is obviously a movie that we're going to watch again. We're going to end up watching it with my kids. Arnold, I know that Arnold has. 14 lines in the whole movie. That's it. 14. They're just strategic. Which is down 10 from the amount of lines he has in Conan, where he had 24 lines. <laughs> I didn't is, realize that either. He is the main character who does... A, well, most of the exposition in Conan comes from James Earl Jones, but Arnold... It's like a half an hour into that movie before he speaks for the first time. for the best. Um, I do think it's interesting. There are some little foreshadowing moments like when mean? he shows up oh, to for the... fake Sarah Connor's house remember the first Sarah Connor right where he goes to her door and he's like Sarah Connor and he shoots her a bunch of times yes he runs over that semi truck right with his car and that close up that is the same model of semi truck that hits the Terminator at the end of the movie oh and then he ends up like remember they run him over and right. stop and he hits it and then crashes it it's yes. the same model of semi truck as oh. the, the toy was that he runs over well it's a weird little James Cameron nod of like Huh? Guess who's, what's coming? Who's at the end paying of this attention? Movie. Um, oh. Also, Arnold was not the first person considered for the Terminator. Who was? Uh, there was a big rumor crazy. for a long time that Lance Henderson was going to be the Terminator, the guy who was in Pumpkinhead. Okay. Uh, that's apparently not true from what I can understand and what I've read. But 
it was originally going to be O.J. Simpson. Oh, I think I we, when we watched a wrap-up, uh, I think somebody had said that, that he was one yeah. of the... You know why it wasn't O.J. Simpson? Because he had a fight with his the wife. The producers of the film said, we can't see him as a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Give, give it time. Yeah, right? Isn't give that crazy? Any, uh, any other kind of cool little... If you pay attention, things. Uh, this movie spawned a genre of music, and I guess a the name of a genre of um, filmmaking in a way. Okay. So the the club she goes into, remember when she's being followed uh-huh. by Michael Bean and she thinks he's the guy who's trying to kill her? She ducks into that bar. Mm-hmm. She goes into this place called Tech Noir. Yes, Tech Noir. Tech Noir became kind of a name used for like eighties, like synth pop, um, out of L.A. bands. Okay, yeah, and it's, it's also where the grunge would be those yeah, Seattle bands. It's also a, um, and that came from this movie, and it's also a weird subgenre of film where it was like this and Blade Runner and some other films where it's like. The conventions of like a neo noir, mm-hmm. right? But with all the technology, but with like science fiction, almost like a little. It's like a little uh, steampunky. Yeah, so that that became with an eighties twist. Yeah, Arnold was actually brought in. They were gonna have him play Kyle Reese. Okay. So it was gonna be Arnold I saving Linda Hamilton. I think maybe in my head from O.J. Simpson. <laughs> because like I knew the story, you know, you know the story essentially, and I think maybe in my head that's what it was. Was that Arnold was. The I guess maybe I'm conflating a different movie that I thought like Arnold was the good guy, and so I I guess that's what I thought it would be. Yeah, and the the crazy thing is, I remember as a kid I saw this movie after I saw Terminator Two, mm-hmm. and I remember my mom having a very distinct, not even like not even because of Terminator Two, but I just remember like I grew up in the age of like all these Arnold movies. And I loved him. Mm-hmm. And my mom would take me to the theater. My dad would take me. And Arnold was never really a bad guy. Right. Like, you know, Predator was my shit. Conan yeah, was my shit. Yeah, he was a good guy. So, Hero. I remember my parents sending me down being like, you can watch Terminator. However. But he's a bad guy. Like, so we just want you to understand that movies are not real. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, I didn't think there was, like, a guy who could turn into a giant snake. Like, I know they're not real. But, like... I just I think it was nice that my parents made the effort to be like, "Hey, this childhood hero this is, is about really to turn to a heel." Bother you because he's going to be a bad guy. He's going to do some real shady shit. Um, so for next week, I assume we're just going to do T T two. Yeah, let's do Terminator two. Uh, um, I on. Judgment Day Terminator T two Germ uh, Judgment Day Germinator T two Judgment Day. Is that right? I, I'm right. That's what it is. T two. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. That's what yes. I said. Yep. yep. Yes. I kind of. I kind of know. No, I don't. Wait. No, I don't. Maybe I do. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. I look forward to talking more about time travel with y'all. On next week's episode.